Welcome to Done Deal, a legal podcast brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law. Look, the goal of this podcast is simple, to help you do deals better. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate you for listening. Now let's get to it. And we're going to talk about structuring your business ownership. And I'm going to talk about it from the standpoint, uh, well, three different standpoints. One is starting a business. Two is receiving investors. And three is incentivizing employees and other service providers. Uh, beginning of the year, taxes. Taxes, yeah. taxes. That, that's all it is. That's all it is. Um, and I, I believe the government shutdown is affecting the IRS, but I know it's not going to affect them to the point to where they're not going to get their money. So, uh, when every, with everybody filing taxes, when they get their tax returns, um, people will do a couple of things. A lot of people blow it, uh, blow the, blow those tax returns, but there are a lot of people that actually start businesses with their tax returns, which is something that I would highly recommend. Now, when you're starting up a business, there are a lot of considerations to take into account. And when um, one of the most important things is, am I going to have a business partner? And a lot of people don't want to go into a business alone. So they do have a business partner, um, mostly because it dilutes the amount of money that you have to put in. Uh, But when you go into a business partnership, a lot of times individuals will often go, okay, well, we're going to own it equally. So they'll go, they'll go 50, 50, or, you know, if they're three people, everybody owns a third. Um, The first question that I ask when I talk to anybody who's starting a business is, is everybody giving equally to the business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 99% of the time, and I think I've said this before, 99% of the time a business should not be owned equally by two, three, four people because all of those individuals are not going to be putting in the same amount of effort. Um, There may be someone who's putting in more capital, but another person who's putting in more work. Um, There there are some people who are just more hands-on. Everybody's going to have delegated responsibilities and obligations that are going to be uh, needed in order to ensure the continued growth of the company, right? So... Um, so the first thing is instructing your business ownership. How do you issue that uh, that initial equity to the owners um, in a way that is both both fair and equitable, and at the same time, it's protected from someone not coming through in the way that they need to. And what I mean by that is, uh, we've seen a lot of business par- businesses that have started. Business partners have business partners have been great in the beginning. Uh, one person overpromises and underdelivers. Right. Um, so, so somebody joins a team, their contribution is supposed to be the development of an app or the development of a website or um, securing some sort of assets for the business. And they don't come through, but you've already given them the equity. So now what happens that you just stuck like Chuck? Um, there are some there are other times where a business partner will just walk away. There will be a disagreement about the path of the business and one of the business partners will walk away. So um, to protect against all of these variables. Uh, businesses need to be structured to where even the founders at the beginning have vesting periods. And that means that there is a, um, there, there are set either timelines or metrics that need to be hit that will actually allow that person's equity to be truly owned by them. So um, when you're talking about vesting, uh, well, t- I always the easiest thing is just time, right? So let's say that uh, somebody's shares will vest over a period of four years, right? Equally over four years. Um, that means that 25% of their ownership will vest, right? So that means if somebody leaves before the first year, they walk away with nothing. Right. If somebody leaves between year one and year two, they have 25% of the full ownership that they would have gotten. 
somebody leave. So because that 25% has vested after that first year, again, another 25 will vest after that second year. So that's what they own. But what this does is in the event that somebody does walk away, then they're walking away then le with less than what they would have walked away with had they fully completed whatever, um, uh, whatever obligations else that you put out there. So there, a lot of times it is based on time. So I think four years is a good amount of time, but you need people to stay around. Um, if there are specific things that are supposed to be produced, so if it's the development of an app, then you can have their shares vest based on the actual production, right? But, um, but at the end of the day, there needs to be a provision that allows for the other founders to reclaim that equity if not everybody does what they are supposed to do. So how do you do that? So you write an agreement. There should there should be a uh, a founders agreement that that says um, how much shares everyone's going to be issued, what they're putting into the business, and what those vesting um, uh, periods, what that vesting structure is going to look like. So that's one. Uh, the, in the next context, taking on investors. So a lot of individuals will look for outside capital in order to grow their business. Right. Everybody needs capital in order to grow. Um, and a lot of times, uh, well, so the saying is it takes money to make money. So a lot of times you need more money than you're generating in order to get to the next level. That's why people take on outside investments. Uh, and in that instance, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't want to, um, I don't want to give up this amount of equity because I don't want to lose control of my business. Right. Uh, and one thing that's important to realize is that you can structure investments to where you, even if you technically own less than 50% of the total amount of equity of the business, you still own the majority of the voting rights. Now, shares or units, if you're, uh, if you have a limited liability company, those can be, you, you can structure the rights that come along with that equity in any way that you want to. So you can have non-voting shares, non-voting units, you can have founders units that are worth three votes per, uh, per share or per unit that you issue. Um, you can have, you can have a structure to where each class of, uh, of, of securities that you're issuing or of, of equity that you're issuing has the ability to vote on specific items or a specific, um, aspects of the business right uh, so a lot of times you know everybody votes about the material uh changes the major events of a business so whether to to merge or be be acquired whether to um spin off a division whether to di uh, uh, dissolve so the major decisions everybody votes on but when it comes to the day-to-day -day operations and when it comes to some of the more sensitive matters you can make it to where regardless of how much of an investment you take on you maintain control of the, the of those decisions um, so just understand that when you're taking on investors be strategic and creative in structuring those deals uh, get your money but don't lose control uh, of the business so uh, understand that you can structure it uh, in very unique ways and then the third one is incentivizing employees and other service providers now for businesses that are already established uh, or you know for businesses that are looking to become established sometimes you can't pay your employees what the market demands or what they demand um, and there are other times where you just want true buy-in to the performance of all of your employees so in this instance there are two different things that you can do in structuring the ownership of the business um, and a lot in allowing them to feel like they have some ownership the, the first one is create a stock options pool and so this is a set percentage of the total outstanding equity of the company that is set aside for employees. And what the option is, uh, is a set contract that allows an employee to buy in 
to the shares at a certain price. So break it down like this. Um, let's say that today, a share, one share of, of Mikai's company is worth $100, right? And let's say that Mikai hires somebody on and wants to grant them a stock option. So what she would do is she say, I'm going to grant you a stock option. $100 will be the, is gonna be the, uh, the exercise price, right? Um, and so that's the price at which the shares are going to be purchased. Um, but they have to do certain things in order to be able to purchase those shares. So we'll say that um, your stock option allows you to buy three shares um, for every two years that you stay. So let's say that, um, at, so that's, that would be $300 for those two years if somebody stays. So let's say that, some, um, that somebody stays for those two years, but when the two years get here, those shares have gone from $100 to $500. So now those, those three shares are worth $1,500, right? But the strike price, or the, sorry, the, the exercise price is $100. So they're saving $400 on that. So, or sorry, not 400, but four, yeah, 400 per share on that. So um, they're buying; they're still buying the three shares at $100 a piece, rather than um, buying them at $500 a piece. And so that gives them uh, one: the shares become much more valuable to them. Um, and then two: they they work harder in order to um, in order to receive that benefit because they know that well, they know that the harder they work, the more valuable the company is going to be, the more valuable the shares will be, and the more that they'll receive at the end of the day. Um, and those are those incentive units or, or um, um, employee stock option uh, shares can also be structured to be non-voting or to vote on very specific assets. But uh, many, many companies set up stock option plans as a means of helping to drive performance and helping to reward those employees that truly, truly deserve it. We appreciate you for listening and we hope that you gain something of value. For more information, visit jacksoncorporatelaw.com. And until next time, always remember, doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will.